0: The Hard Shoulder with Kieran Cuddy with Nissan on News Talk. The Minister for Enterprise, Trade and Employment, Simon Coveney, is with me now. Minister, um, you're welcome to the show. Um, How confident are you that uh, the agreement uh, of the DUP to return to Stormont last night will result in the Assembly back up and running by the weekend or within the next few days?
1: Well, I think if it doesn't happen, you know, uh, an awful lot of people will, um, you know, will have made very positive statements uh, expecting it to happen. Um, so I think it will happen. Uh, I think it'll happen in the next few days, certainly in the next week. Um, and I think that's a really good thing. Uh, and we should we should try to use this as a as a new start um, in Northern Ireland uh, that can hopefully rebuild relationships, rebuild trust uh, and try to stabilise Devolved government and power sharing in Northern Ireland in Stormont again, because it's been a long time since it's been working, uh, and people in Northern Ireland have really suffered in the back of that. So, you know, this is this is good news. Um, mm. Hearing Geoffrey Donaldson this morning uh, is uh, was was positive, and we in the Irish government will do everything we can to encourage the next steps now to uh, to get devolved government back up and running again, because in order for the the all-island relationships to function. You know, we, mm. we do need a North-South Ministerial Council. We do need, for the sake of Tourism Ireland, Intertrade Ireland, the LOX Agency, uh, Waterways Ireland. Like, there's a whole load of, of all-island bodies that effectively have been without a political mandate for many, many months now because... Uh, because there haven't been devolved institutions yeah. that could give them give them that direction. So for lots of reasons, this is important and it's good news. Uh, but you can never be sure uh, in Northern Ireland on, until things actually happen. Yeah. Uh, that there's not going to be some last minute um, uh, uh, barrier that prevents yeah. um, progress. So so we'll wait and see.
0: Uh, Jeffrey Donaldson, he conceded his party hadn't got everything they wanted. Um, in negotiations with the UK government, that's the nature of negotiations. But he has suggested that the deal to restore power sharing will remove all post-Brexit checks on goods moving into Northern Ireland from Britain. How's that going to work?
1: Well, let's wait and see. I mean, we're going to get we're going to get uh, the detail of of what's been agreed. I think tomorrow. Um, we've got in the meantime some reassurances from from the British government that nothing that's been agreed with the DUP would undermine uh, the um, uh, the agreements that have been put in place uh, in the context of the Windsor Framework. As they interpret. Um, yeah, yeah. But I mean, let's wait and see. I mean, our, I think we've been pretty vigilant as a government uh, to protect Irish interests through the Brexit process uh, and in the aftermath of it. And for us, the key issues are, you know, nothing can interrupt all island trade um, uh, and Nothing that uh, is in place in terms of facilitating trade uh, can undermine the integrity of the EU single market, which of course Ireland is an integral part of. So, so they're like they're the two key tests, uh, and you know I I really don't think the British government are going to do anything that undermines. Uh, what was a very significant and difficult agreement uh, between themselves and yeah. the EU a number of years ago. Um, but look... At the same time... At the same
0: time... I'm I, I, and, and sorry to cut across to you. You, I, you can't help but be left with the suspicion that if it was as simple as just removing these checks, it would have happened before now.
1: Well, well, exactly. So, um, I mean, what is in place, though, today is is what's called a green lane system. So, So goods that come from Great Britain into Northern Ireland under uh, what's called a trusted trader scheme, Uh, in other words, goods that we know are going to be purchased and consumed in Northern Ireland and aren't going to find their way into the EU single market south of the border. Those goods don't have anything like the same checks. In fact, some of them don't have any checks at all. Um, um, And they are labelled accordingly and so on. So I presume the British government working with the DUP will will have built on that Green Lane system uh, to try to streamline uh, the trade of goods that are staying within the United Kingdom if you like that move from Great Britain into Northern Ireland mm-hmm. and are at no risk of moving on uh, but let's, let's wait and see that detail tomorrow yeah. I mean certainly well, the, would suspect the, there the are information in, I
0: have people in Brussels with questions over how this is going to work
1: yeah and people in Dublin <laughs> and, <laughs> and elsewhere um, you know but the the Certainly the information I have from from people who are who have been closer to the negotiations than I have uh, 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 are that uh, that nothing has been agreed that that will undermine uh, the key Irish interests uh, in terms of our place in the single market, yeah. and of course are insistent that our insistence that there 's no barriers to trade or checks. Uh, on goods traveling north and south uh, on the island of Ireland. and thats I mean, we should remember that the trade between Northern Ireland and the Republic of Ireland today is worth about 12 billion euros a year. Uh, and of course, our trade with the UK across the Irish Sea is worth about 100 billion a year. And, and more than 200,000 people in the Irish economy are employed directly linked to that trade. Yeah. So, So protecting those... Uh, lanes for trade are really important and our position has always been uh, we want as few checks as possible but we do have to protect the integrity of the EU's single market and Ireland's place in it Uh, and uh, I think I would be very surprised uh, if the British government has agreed to anything that would undermine that.
0: Uh, you know, let's assume for a moment that they managed to get the Assembly then back up and r- running within the next um, week. It's not the first time it's uh, collapsed. It's the nature of how it is constructed that, you know, yeah. one side or the other can pull the rug out. It, like, Is it time? And I know the temptation might be to say, listen, let's just get things going again uh, in the short term. But in the medium to long term, is it time that all of these stakeholders in the north come together and look at reforming how the Assembly works?
1: Well, we did do that um, when we got it back up and running the last time uh, under what's called the New Decade, New Approach Agreement. That seems like a long time ago. Now it's about four mm-hmm. years ago. Um, I, I was the, the foreign minister at the time. Julian Smith was the, the Secretary of State. And we, we worked for many, many weeks in Northern Ireland with the parties to try to get a basis for re-establishing devolved government. Uh, and there was, a, you know, there was all party commitment to a new way of doing things. Um, and so, so I hope that the New Decade New Approach agreement will be the, the sort of mainstay in terms of how we move forward now. But I, I do think we have to be open to to further reform and modernization. You know, what was agreed uh, more than 25 years ago now to get the Good Friday Agreement in place... Um, uh, while it's hugely valuable, yeah. um, I think we do have to be open always to to improvements and to respond to new realities um, in Northern Ireland and politics there. So you know, let's not forget when when the uh, the, um, the Stormont Executive forms again, hopefully in the next week. Uh, we will see for the first time a, a nationalist and a Sinn Féin first minister. Um, that, that, I think, will be difficult for many unionists, but but it's, that's democracy. Um, Sinn Féin are the largest party in Northern Ireland now. They have 27 seats to the DUP's 25. Um, so, so there are new realities now that I know will be difficult to bed down for some. Um, and that's where the two governments come in, because we have to be as supportive of all of the parties in Northern Ireland, regardless of where they come from or their persuasion, uh, to try to make sure that a a peace process and devolved government, which is at the centre of it, Mm. can actually function again. And I think it's going to take time. You know, I think the relationships have been very damaged through what's been a very polarising number of years since Brexit. Um, And, uh, you know, like we've seen that uh, in a very obvious way over the last number of years. Um, and uh, and I think we're all going to have to work to try to to rebuild those relationships and that trust, so that um, so that the Good Friday Agreement can function as it's supposed to. Uh,
0: can I ask uh, before I let you go, then, Minister, about um, the, the uh, asylum issue addressed in the doll today, um, and talk of <clears throat> charter flights to remove failed asylum applicants?
1: Well, I'm not I'm not aware of any detail around charter flights, but I but I do know that is it something um, the
0: government are considering.
1: Well, I mean, like, what the government is, of course, considering is, is trying to differentiate between people who, who come here and claim asylum uh, and who are successful in that process versus people who aren't, uh, who effectively are coming as economic migrants, uh, understandably, because Ireland offers you know, fantastic opportunities for work and so on. But if people want to come and work in Ireland, they need to go through the proper system of uh, applying for a visa or a work permit or both. Uh, Last year, there were 38,000 applications for work permits. We granted 31,000 of those. Uh, Half of those people were newly um, uh, coming to Ireland. The other half were were renewals. So we have a very active Mm. system to come to Ireland to work here, but we have got to differentiate, uh, and we've got to do it in a more streamlined and more efficient way between people who are genuinely fleeing conflict so that we can fulfil our international obligations yeah. to them and support them and people who aren't, even though they want to come to Ireland. No, I understand uh, that. But I think...
0: there's talk today that the Department of Justice is going to be chartering flights uh, to deport people who have been issued with a deportation order, whose uh, asylum application well, think... has been rejected. At the same time, a government minister only last week uh, suggested that people who are issued with a deportation order leave the country of their own volition. So are we yeah, going, and like, most of, was that wrong or are we going to have empty charter flights? Because
1: both well, can be true. Well,
0: They're not leaving of their own volition and we need to charter planes.
1: Well, sorry, both can actually be true. Like the majority can leave of their own volition. Some, some may not leave uh, and therefore uh, may need to be deported. I, I hope uh, that they would be small numbers, but I think, I think if we are to be, to be honest uh, with ourselves in terms of a system that works well, then uh, we have to ensure that it is fair to everybody. Uh, and so if you are not successful in the asylum application process, well, then you do need to leave. And if you refuse to leave, well, then, you know, the state uh, the, the state needs to act on that. Um, so, you know, I... Like, I'm somebody who, who believes that inward migration is a really good thing for Ireland. I don't believe our economy would be anything as strong uh, as it is today uh, if it wasn't for the half a million uh, non-Irish-born people who are working here. Uh, in our hospitals, half of all of our nurses Nurses weren't born in Ireland. Two out of every five of our doctors weren't born in Ireland. Uh, and I know because of all of the companies I work with in my job um, that so m- much of the talent in Ireland and so much of the innovation is provided by, by people who come from other parts of the world to work here. So that's the starting point for me. But, but, but given the, the pressures that we are under now mm. in terms of accommodation, uh, we have got to make sure that the accommodation we do provide for asylum seekers and people seeking international protection uh, uh, is confined to those people who need that protection uh, and others who are coming here um, uh, uh, and trying to use the international protection process as a way of staying in Ireland and working here. Um, you know, I think, I think we've got to respond to that. And I know that Minister McEntee is doing that. And she yeah. outlined much of what she's doing to Cabinet today. And I think we'll continue to work on that. And I think people expect us to do it so that we can make sure that we do support people who are genuinely fleeing conflict and persecution. Uh, And that we have a consistent and fair and progressive system that allows people to come and work in the Irish economy, but through a work permits and visa system uh, Mm -hmm. rather than an asylum system.
0: Minister for Enterprise, Trade and Employment, Simon Coveney. Minister, thank you very much uh, for joining us on the show. The Hard Shoulder with Kieran Cuddy with Nissan. Weekdays from four on News Talk.